How you doing, everybody? Chris Rian Bennett with the Vancouver Film School. Welcome to the Storyteller Studio podcast. Today, I am hanging out with a wonderful human being who has given me reason to believe that my career dreams and aspirations may not have all been in vain, <laughs> that one day I could work in the world of professional esports. Yeah. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to meet you as well. Everyone calls me Christopher, and I should have warned you about ah, that, but that's all right. Christopher. Sorry. I'm not even going to take that out of the no, podcast. No, no, right? no, that's, Don't, it, that's, that's, it. A, that's so future yeah. guests always yeah. remember. They know. They know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only it's Chris when I'm in trouble. Yeah. Oh, there it is. All right. I like yeah. that. I like yeah. the switch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm so glad to have you on the show, man. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, esports is a really, really important thing in the world right now because what you guys are doing um, is really bridging. Two, two incredible industries, obviously sports entertainment mm -hmm. and the video game industry. Yeah. And we've got a great video game design program here at Vancouver Film School. Um, it is one of the top 10 in the world and we take game design really seriously. Mm -hmm. So there's a real emphasis and a real um, focus on what makes games great. And if you go back, I think esports that you guys are what, maybe as an industry truthfully, not even 10 years old, right? Uh, I mean, there's there's much debate about that. But yeah. I, I mean, even let's just talk about the the franchise model. Sure. I mean, that'll be season three Overwatch. So I even mean, just call th uh, three years in the making right now. That's incredibly yeah. new. And yet, when I checked revenues just for the esports industry, not mm -hmm. not necessarily just the Overwatch League, yep. which you guys the the Titans are in, you you guys are gonna hit a billion market cap by the end of this year. Yeah. Like in a couple of weeks that will be the valuation of the market cap for esports as an yeah. industry. Yeah. You're yeah. you're you're almost just over a quarter of the size of of NHL pro hockey mm -hmm. and you're going into your second year for this league and this yeah. and the, you could argue it, it's 10 years old some would say maybe a little more but I, yeah. I, I my gut tells me you're probably at about a decade at most. Uh, yeah, of tournament base for sure. For, for sure. esports. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Did you ever think, even three or four years ago, that this would be a job? <laughs> no, uh, absolutely not. And, I, it's, and it, even to kind of go back on that as well is, uh, I mean, the esports revenue is, is off the charts. But if you just look at gaming revenue, I mean, by it's projected by the end of this year, 2019, the gaming revenue is going to top around 150 billion. So when you look at that, my God, it's just it's just it's crazy. And Microsoft put out a report, and and even Enthusiast Gaming as well. Uh, you know, there's about 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet right now, and there's anywhere from about 2.4 to 2.5 billion gamers, and that's that's casual. But when you really think about those numbers and what esports is now kind of rolling out to be, and especially this franchise-based model. It's it, it makes you it makes you pretty uh, pretty um, excited for the future for sure. It, it's got obviously the economic uh, support behind it. Mm -hmm. There's a thrust there. There's clearly an audience. I think yeah. the numbers that you guys would hit from a general audience of interest. Mm -hmm. I had read through a couple economic reports is going to total by 2020. I think it's like over 200 million, 250 million for total audience. I actually, the there's a report coming out that projected even in 2019, 500 million people have wow. have tuned into a esport tournament or game. That's incredible. Which is, which is insane. That's incredible. Yeah, and, and, and by comparison to more traditional pro oh, sports, yeah. where it all of a sudden flips it right on its axis. It, it, exactly. And, and it's funny, when you when you look at kind of the, 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 the big four, so you got your hockey, your NFL, your baseball, and your basketball, I mean, it's, it's no secret. All these markets are trying to break into to overseas markets. So NFL going to London, basketball going to China. And it's funny that, that esports has what all these other traditional 
sports-based sports are, are, are looking for and chasing is that global audience. And if you even look at the Overwatch League itself, we already have a global footprint in Seoul, Shanghai, London, Paris, New York, Dallas. Like we're, we're already all spread out. So it's it's pretty remarkable that the the more th the things that the big four franchise or um, uh, leagues are chasing, we already have. So now the, the, the objective for us is how do you monetize those eyeballs? That's incredible. Yeah. And, and let me let me let me sort of throw something at you. I want yep. I really want the audience to understand why this is so important and this is something to really catch on to. Like even you know TV and and video, you know film streaming, like Netflix mm -hmm. didn't catch on like this. No. This the audience that has just latched onto this industry is extraordinary. If you look at baseball, arguably you could go pro as early as 1890. As yeah. far like baseball, and we're talking way, way back. Yeah. But you don't get at your first televised game or, or even a TV commercial yeah. talking pro till 1939. Yeah. So basically about 50 years goes by, and somewhere in that time in baseball, maybe early turn of the century, early 1900s, it becomes this thing where kids can go, huh, I could be a pro baseball player. That's a th That becomes like... A real the op goal, option yeah. at, on career day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you go to the very first video game. Mm -hmm. I would say it's Pong. Would yeah. you agree? That's, that's why I think about the, probably the, joy, the joystick. And yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and Pong hits the scene in I think late seventies. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna say seventy six or seventy seven. Okay. Um, if I'm wrong, they'll you're getting eviscerate me you're, you're on, on YouTube. Getting fact Don't worry, right the now. comments yeah. will clean me up. So quick. many people rip what out their phone. And like, yeah, it's yeah. 75. Christopher, God. This guy yeah. doesn't know anything. Yeah. Is it 72? 72? There, we go. there we go. Yeah. Yeah. 72. Yeah. Jesus, it's 72, really. Yeah. You go from 72 to today, and mm. almost about the right span of time, about 50 years, yep. this is a real job. You can be a pro yeah. video game player. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible, yeah. and and even at eighteen, like our our the rookie of the year in the Overwatch League, our player Haxel, eighteen years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, what I are you shocked that? So uh, before I even ask you if you're shocked, because mm -hmm. I think there's probably you're probably in it every day, but I mm -hmm. think too you've got just so the viewer understands. I think there's about two types of esports that seem to be dominating. Uh, if, if you agree, let me yep. know if not too. You've got your, you know, your strategic, you know, Dota or League of Legends type tournaments. Tournament based, yeah. And yep. then you've got your first person, you know, Overwatch, yep. Call of Duty, mm -hmm. Halo, those kinds of, do we, do we call them what, the first person style? First person action games. Yeah, yep. FPS, shooters, that sort yep. of thing. Those tend to be the two types yeah yeah for sure and i, I would even say a, a disruptor in this space is even streaming i mean if, if you add that to other professional sports it's it, uh it's a bit of a, a disruptor for sure where i mean ninja he, he's, he's by himself and yes. he streams he makes a great great income which is more power to him awesome sure right but the yeah. thing that he doesn't get is that team base winning a championship and also playing for the the name on the front of the jersey not the back and that's that's kind of the value add of what the right. overwatch league and call of duty is doing is is tapping into that that city-based model and it, it's funny uh um, uh, Tucker Roberts, Roberts, uh, the president of Philadelphia Fusion in the Overwatch League. Yes, he had a really, of course. He had a, yeah, yeah, of course, yes. He had a really funny story where um, they had a watch party, uh, and Philadelphia was playing a New York team, and a few of his buddies came in and be like, I, "I don't know this game. I don't know what's going on here." He's like, "Well, we're playing New York," and the guy turned to him and said, "Beat New York, go Philadelphia," and sat down and cheered on for the rest of the day. So it's that's what we're really kind of touching on is just that pride between 
you know, when Vancouver plays Toronto or, or Houston plays Dallas. That that's what the Overwatch League is is has been tre- and had tremendous success at as as pulling on those uh, those emotions. Uh, San Francisco for Richard Sherman. Yep, uh, he was at your game. What in in Philadelphia? What was not was not the game, but he gave us a, a big shout out. Actually, uh, it was in Seattle, I believe. Yeah, uh, put on a. Titans. He was wearing a jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say Sherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- like and like this is nuts. Yeah. The players. Yeah. They love this. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is they, crazy. They, they get fired up, right? And actually, and uh, Richard Sherman's actually our brand uh, ambassador for the uh, uh, Seattle Surge and Enthusiast Gaming. There's, there's, uh, there's so many more people that it's almost like they are, you know, secretly popping their heads and like, yeah, I yeah. love watching video games too. Yeah. This is a real, this is a thing. Um, the, the you're, you're, you're indexing and you're skewing higher. More and more women are getting involved in uh, watching too. I think demographically, your audience is growing there. Absolutely. Is yep. that? Um, is that intentional and you're working to build that base as, a, as an industry and as a team? Or is this just as people uh, become exposed to it, it catches mm-hmm. fire? Where's that, where's that interest coming from? It's actually, you know, for sure it's a direction, but even naturally it's, it's happening. I mean, even if you look at uh, Nielsen, who's, uh, you know, a, th- a third-party market researcher that all the other big four um, uh, professional um, sports use as well, they just put out that our, our median age is in Overwatch League is 24, which is substantially lower than the other big four. Right. But, al- but also on that, are uh, in the age group of 18 to 34 in that demographic uh, were the highest or the fastest growing uh, AMA market in, in North America, which is absolutely wow. outstanding. So, and with that, I think there, there's obviously you have the, the younger demographic, but with that as well, uh, uh, women. And there was even a, a big women in, uh, in gaming conference uh, just the other day. That's right. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, so it's, it's more, I think it's just, it's naturally um, drawing that way and, and kind of casting the net uh, wider, but also um, at Canuck Sports Entertainment, that's absolutely going to be something where you can be a male, female, whatever, uh, a casual gamer to a complete diehard like Fox uh, when our homestands come to Vancouver, and you're going to have a great time. He is a uh, he loves Genji. That's his character. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I play when I play. I like to play Diva. Oh, Diva. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It yeah. reminds me of my wife. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> she is a lethal, vicious killer of which there is no escape. Yeah. I love Tim. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the uh, I think that this audience that's latching onto the the real the, the the player base I think has always been exciting. Mm-hmm. What is really fascinating to me is the number of people that are just tuning in like it. Monday Night Football. Yep, they're watching this. They can go back and watch it too. Yep. Uh, you know, you don't. Other most people, even when they PVR one of the big four sports, mm-hmm. you'll once you know you'll rarely go back and watch the whole game. Yeah. You check the score, you're done. But people will. I mean, I went and watched yep. several playoff games Absolutely. just to watch some of the map strategy that the Titans did. And I'm going and I'm looking at the views yeah. and. Then two days later, when I'm like, they're still going up. This is like a year, a year ago. ago. Yeah, no, exactly. And, that, and that's what's so cool about Overwatch specifically is not only are you watching the players, but you're watching your players to get like, how, how did they do that? How did they yeah. do this? And then also the strategy behind it. I mean, Overwatch, there's just so much strategy to it. Each map, each player, each everything, right? So it's it's pretty unique in that way where you can just keep going back and back on Twitch and just and, and looking and learning. And then, like you said, like now it's becoming mainstream. Where I mean, Disney signed a deal with with the Overwatch League, so it was it was on linear broadcast. It was on ABC and and ESPN and the finals the finals were real time live everything so it's, it's pretty remarkable that that shift happened and it was special to be in the seat that that i was in because uh i remember a year ago even even when we first uh you know bought the franchise and the rights it all everything esports was all financial post all business now it's in the sports section it, it, it's a sport. absolutely yeah, yeah and i mean i'm reading like i'm reading blogs yeah 
of there are journalists now. Mm-hmm. So by the way, listeners at home, you can go in and you can be one of those those mouthy reporters who has something to say about the <laughs> yeah. Vancouver Titans or any of the Light te- us up. Yeah. any of the teams. <laughs> and I, I was reading a, a, a post about some of the bad moves you made in the offseason. Yep. I'm like, this is incredible. Oh, yeah. This is like literally, I'm a big NBA guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt like I was reading. Yeah. Just you, a, a trade trade strategy, team strategy, yeah. some of the smart and bull, uh, dumb moves. And yeah. the, do, you, do you see that this was always there and this is like the same amount? This is like when we were – did you play video games growing up? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, I played everything too. And yeah. this was like Saturday night, mm-hmm. all your buddies <laughs> in the living room yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Right, watching, and is this just an extension? Has it always been there, or did something? Did the games become more sophisticated, and because of that, the entertainment value of being the audience was there? Yeah, I think it's always been there, absolutely, and and especially the grassroots feel and, and what we're building out will always has always been there and will be there. But now, like you said, we're I mean they're selling out a re- like the Fortnite championship. Where who would have thought that the right. Fortnite championship would be played where the U.S. Open is played? You know, um, you know it's it's uh, where the international we, we sold when it was in Vancouver. We it was a fastest sellout in Rogers Arena history. You tell me that 10 years ago, I would wow. la- I would laugh at you. But it's the fastest sellout in Rogers Arena history and it was a 6-day event. You know, I, next year the internationals in Shanghai where the Olympics were. Yeah, you right. Know? Yeah, so it's Yeah, we, we, League of Legends was here in the summer, weren't they? Or the year before for or, no, it was Dota. Dota that's international. Was, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's and international. It sold out. It's, it's the fastest I tried to get tickets for a bunch yeah. of VFS students. Remember that time we couldn't get we could only get, get like game 4 or it, something. It was insane. So so absolutely just just to answer your question. Absolutely, I think it was there, but now if you even told me 5, 10 years ago that the purse for the international in Vancouver was 27 million dollars, <laughs> I would laugh at you. You know, but it's The purse for the Masters is only 15. 15. No, that, that that's that's what people don't get in. And one thing and and I got I got quote Andy it's Miller crazy. from from the from the San Fran shock because he has a he has a great quote where it's you know people keep even saying this is the, the future or the the sport of the future this is the sport of right now like we Overwatch League just sold out Wells Fargo Arena where the where the uh, 76ers play where the Flyers play for for the grand final so you tell me that this isn't the sport of now you know like Louis Vuitton oh. Louis Vuitton is now uh, uh, you know a non-endemic brand that's in esports now selling digital go- goods like this is, you know, when you add everything in, this we're we're here right now and we're rocking and rolling, which is it's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, talking to Tim Holloway, the director of esports for Aquiline Entertainment, right here in Vancouver, home of the Titans of the Overwatch League, soon to be this season's champions, I believe yeah. in you guys. <laughs> yes. A um, couple things I want to ask you, and yep. by the way, uh, we're gonna over the course of this interview, we're gonna probably just flash to some cool stuff. Your your players, I want yep. anything we can flash up there. I want people to really wrap their brain around what an exciting time this is um i'm a young person yeah i want to be a pro gamer you get asked this all the time Mm -hmm. this is like my dream job yeah where do i begin tim where does somebody begin a career how do are there even open tryouts to play for the titans or any overwatch teams how do you do that so we're talking professional esport player or, or on the management side Oh, we'll get to the men. Okay, okay. Yeah. So professional esports Profes- player? Just a player. How do I become a player of their trots? What's that like? You know what? I, I do get asked this question quite a bit, and, and I just reflect it back to any other professional sport. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes putting in the hours to become a professional athlete. So, you know, in, in basketball, that's going out, shooting the basketball two hours a day, three hours a day, finishing your homework, fin- going to school, and then going back on the courts. Hockey, shooting pucks, you know, working with trainers, et cetera, et cetera. No different than here. It's it's more than just casually playing with your friends in the, in, in the basement, per right. se. It's, it's going back, like you said, going back and utilizing Twitch and other platforms to, to really understand the strategy of, of whatever character you're using and really put in the effort. And, I mean, I always laugh that the good ones get hired, the good ones get, get seen. So, um, you know, going go to events, going to DreamHack, going to – 
Vancouver Titan homestand festivals, uh, just getting your face in the community. And that's that's one thing that's really unique about the esports community is it's it's very collaborative. It's a lot of people know each other, and, and we're trying to make that even more uh, in sync and, and just bring people in the community together. And uh, and with that, I think you'll get you'll get in front of the right person. I really do feel that. Now, if you, talk to me about the players this year. Actually, mm-hmm. no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to them. I want to keep going on this journey. Uh, now, I I want to own my own esports franchise. Okay. What is the average? What, what's the going price? Me and Dylan and Danny are gonna throw some money in the pot <laughs> yeah. here, and uh, depending on the price, maybe Max will throw in. Yeah. We would like to own a team. Mm-hmm. What are we talking here, seriously? It's. Uh, ballpark you're you're in your you're in seven figures i'll say that yeah. okay just just for other uh, other things i can't get too much uh sure too, too but seven but figures you're, you're in it's, seven it's, figures it's, it's million plus category yeah already yeah man yeah absolutely we could do it Dylan. yeah but with that and that and that's what's really unique about and i i, I would love if uh if you guys join the ownership group in the overwatch because <laughs> i actually think that's such a big um, positive disruptor for the Overwatch League. It's and just you can, right? Group. You can buy into it? Yeah, uh, uh, this season you can't, but then I'm sure next year they're going to open it up just because everyone's going to their home markets. That's so great. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, season season one for Overwatch was uh, 12 teams, and then season two was uh, 20. Do you think that this will mirror all the economic, um, you know, twists and turns that we see in the big four pro leagues? Like, mm. oh, there's so much that it, it really does have in common. Yep. Um However, one of the factors that I would say the most obvious thing that I wonder how much of this has an impact for you guys or you have to put more R&D or thinking into mm-hmm. this, you know, on any sport, you've got, you've got your turf, yep. your grass, whatever, yep. that your field. Mm-hmm. In this situation, your, your map is one thing, your, 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 you know, the game, the game, but the platform, too. Yep. Your Overwatch is all PC. PC, yeah. Um, the specs, I mean, you're kind of more in like F1 territory yeah. or NASCAR when it gets yeah. into that, right? Yeah. Do you have the right, I'm sure you do, but to tell the viewers home, this is just like NASCAR. You have people that check the PCs that they go in and like for, you know, illegal modifications and stuff, right? Absolutely, yeah. And the thing, the thing that's really unique and, and kind of special, and it is, this is a very big difference between the big four, is that it's cool that our developer is our league. So, so Activision Blizzard, who obviously develops and, and, and uh, um, is a publisher of Overwatch, yeah. So, so there's so much collaboration with our league. I would say more so than the, than the big four because they have so much to do with the success of this league as well. So they're the one. Like, I mean, Overwatch two rolled out. Uh, there was a new, you know, the new the new uh, metas that got rolled out in stage four. Like all that kind of thing, keeping the game um, unique, current, and and uh, for the biggest, you know, the biggest thing is is making uh, the fans engage in it and and, and uh, how we can really draw more fans in and, and keep the the current ones uh, engaged in the game. Sure. So it's pretty unique where we're working so much with the league and or they're letting us know as as well the the future rollouts and, and how it's going to affect the game and then obviously um, affect the league as well. You you've got an amazing CV, Tim. You've got you've got sports uh, business management in, in your background. It's in it's in your mm-hmm. in your blood. You could you could have gone and worked in in at probably any number of of more established sports. Mm-hmm. How did you decide that esports was where you were? It, did it seem like a gamble, or was this the easiest decision you've ever made? Because some could say, "Hey, I got a big gig for you directing the new axe throwing league." Yeah, <laughs> and maybe it'll pan yeah. out. Maybe yeah. it won't. <laughs> yeah. But esports, you mm-hmm. know, even despite it being you know a decade of time, there's still people who'd go, "No way." Yeah. 
And 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 for for me, it was just an opportunity that was that was in front of me, and I jumped all over it. It, it was, and I'm very very happy I did. That was probably you about, saw the potential. I saw, saw the poten- potential, and, yeah. and I had the opportunity. So I was very fortunate to have that. Uh, and then I just took it and ran with it. And every day, it's, it's wild wild west. Every day you're learning something. Everything. Every day you're you're wearing lots of different hats for sure. Um, but that that's what I like about it. That that's what excites me every day to, to get up. And then when you really look at it, it's actually pretty amazing of just the people that were. I mean, in in massively you know uh, senior leadership roles in, in the nfl like our, our commissioner uh, joanna ferris in the call of duty league she was i think an evp of of uh, yeah, yeah. T- team branding from the nfl left chris overholt who was the ceo you're, of the canadian olympic you're, community you're, left you're your back so, your 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 front office yeah, it's is impressive it's, re- it's remarkable i mean yeah i, I mean uh I, I, someone who i don't think gets enough praise is daniel cherry our chief marketing officer i mean he, he ran nike for or however long that's right know? so yeah, it's just, yeah so when you, when he was you a, that's right so, he was a big guy so yeah nike. so so i mean cool. I, i'm that's a cool. no i'm a cockroach to those guys so if anything with people that have their doubts about esports and especially or or uh, uh more specifically the overwatch league and call of duty i got so much uh, um how do you say uh i was a lot more optimistic when i got into the space because so many other success very successful people and the other big four leagues in the olympic communities also saw something and jumped on it so uh working with them working alongside yeah. of them not only are is it very you know exciting to be in this together but i learned so much for them as well and and, and pull off their experiences the the uh, the podcast we do every week uh, storytelling is a real foundational component of mm-hmm. it and i think one of the things that i was so excited to talk to you about today in particular is it, like in any any pro sport your athletes are are often the story. Yep. You're, the, the fans, uh, you know, there's an affinity and a, and a passion for the home team, and there's that that attachment. But w- you know, we attach ourselves also to players and their stories, yeah. to their to their to their 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 struggles, their successes. You mm-hmm. know, everyone's got a favorite Canuck. Everyone's got a favorite uh, uh, player. Your team uh, this year, it, it's, it's predominantly Korean. Yeah, is it all Korean still? Uh, yes, yes. Um, these guys are incredible. Mm-hmm. How are they finding life in Vancouver? And how what's the how are you how are you making them more accessible to the fans in a sport that doesn't always lend itself as easily to yeah. that? Not to saying it can't. Yeah. Well, you you actually you just touch on something that personally like this is what I'm going to take the most pride in is and you hit the nail on the head the storytelling of esports. That's where I think we're really going to blow up. We can talk about economics, projections, all this. Right. But when people actually start hearing the stories of of esport players and specifically the Vancouver Titans, I think it's just going to make them really have that that human connection, if you will, and have that emotional attachment. Um, the score actually did an amazing documentary in our on our team um, that was Team Runaway. So we well, so before, oh, and you know I'm going to link to that while you're talking it's, about it's it. Amazing. I'm going to put that I, in the notes, it's, Dylan. It's uh, incredible. Yeah, I, I watched I, I just got it. Goosebumps. Look, Me too. Goosebumps. I watched it with my kids. It's really it's, good. It's it was inc- like like it was like uh, uh, HBO. It was yeah, good. It was, it was, it was, yeah, and even the, yeah, everything they did. Score. Yeah. Big shout out to you guys for doing that. The score. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't say HBO. Yeah, the yeah. score. Yeah, score, really score, score. But it was that good. Team Runaway story, and I mean, some of the players were sleeping, you know, five five to a room, and mm-hmm. and uh, the perseverance and the resilience that that our players showed as Team Runaway. It all obviously translated into a very successful first season as well, and I know they're extremely hungry to get back into it uh, for season for their season two and season three of the Overwatch League. Um, in regards to Vancouver, uh, this obviously the the league was all based out of LA last year, right? With with yeah, yeah. So um, obviously they had their home stands in um, in Dallas, Atlanta, and then in LA as well. But this is the first time um, that each each team will be in their home market. So we've had the the players up for meet and greets and uh, and whatnot, and they they fell in love with uh, with Vancouver already. What a- 
a and, what a what a sweet bunch of great guys too. Everything yeah, I see and people tell me just like the classiest because they they they, they yeah. love their fans. Like they are their fans. Like you know yeah. they're as much you as feel fans. that. Yeah, they they really are. I would love to have them here at Vancouver Film School. I, I, uh, that our game design program students I, would lose their minds. Absolutely, absolutely. Are you yeah. shocked that there can be that hysteria for for esport athletes like this that can rival those pro sports yeah, already? Absolutely, and it was actually really funny. One of my first kind of gigs of like, okay, Tim, like we'll give you a small thing and if you can do it, if you can deliver then maybe we'll talk about you yeah. stay in esports and uh i uh, i had to put on the first um watch party our first inaugural game uh and we were i'll never forget this we were playing <laughs> uh we were playing uh the shanghai dragons who last the season before went 0 and 40 they didn't win a game so here we are no professional like all you know 80 percent rookies on yep. the roster very first very first game uh, and we're playing a team that could potentially be their first win in their history as well. So yep. I'm just sweating bullets. And we, we had it at the sports bar. And I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, hey, is anyone going to come? Like, there's no there's no rule book here. Yeah, like, there's no precedent. There's no like, oh, what did the, the what did the, what the stats did, say this? Yeah. But is this let's, market going to respond? And yeah. we, I mean, we, we, we packed the sports. Bar. I think there was over 300 people in the sports bar like that. And, and and here's the other thing too. There was actually I'll never and I hope I hope he listens to it. I didn't get his name. There was a guy who dressed up in a full Sasquatch. Like a like a like a like a, a Chewbacca. A Chib- so you, yeah. you you officially had a f- not just fans, you had fanatics. F- fanatics and and that's amazing. And we were like, you know, doors open. I forget, but like doors open at one. Okay, well, you know, we'll start getting set up at twelve thirty at noon. People were lined up already wow. at the sports bar in West Georgia. Like, yeah, it's, I'll actually I'll send you the photo too of me and the the guy in the Sasquatch suit and the line that was outside. It was remarkable. It blew us all away. And this is something that I'll and and I will absolutely go to bat to anyone else who's who's involved in professional sports in the Big Four. You will not hear a louder crowd and a more passionate crowd than even an esports watch party, let alone let alone a homestand event. It 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 smacks you I'm in gonna, the face. I, I, I'm, it I'm really gonna, does. I'm going to throw a video up as you're saying that to yeah. show some of the, the 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 clips of some of the 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 the, the Titans games and some mm-hmm. of the happening in Overwatch. Um, What's interesting too is you guys have also uh, Aquilini Entertainment now uh, is the proud owners of a new Call of Duty franchise. Absolutely, yeah, Seattle Surge. Yeah. The Seattle Surge. So uh, our, our our sister city we love so much next door, Seattle. Yeah, um, that's really exciting. It's mm-hmm. the the start for for this league. Uh, for Call of Duty League, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. It's very it's very exciting. And one thing I actually do want to get out there as well that that I don't think um, we did we discussed it enough even is Canuck Sports Entertainment. We we actually um, own the rights to the entire Pacific Northwest. So Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. We we actually own that region. So when when like we, all the franchises in that. So yeah. So so Seattle. Oh, we Seattle. Sweet. We already had the right to Seattle. So what's amazing about that is wow. when, we, when we built out the brand for Vancouver, the name, the brand, the vision, everything for the Vancouver Titans and the Seattle Surge. It's we, we were picking up on and honing in on things that make the Pacific Northwest region. Um, you know, you know, I, I actually think probably the most desirable place to live and, and, and one of the most all around best places in the world. So I, I really like to harp on that where and I think when you take a step back and you look at our branding, look at our colors, this is this is a Pacific Northwest team. That being said, of course, we, we couldn't be more excited for the Vancouver Titans being Vancouver and then also the Seattle Surge being Seattle Surge. So that was that was my little two minute elevator pitch. That That's was, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, talk to me about like, you know, when you go on YouTube, Mixer, Twitch critical platforms for yeah. you talking about storytelling mm-hmm. half that battle is where is your audience consuming yeah. the matches whether it's live or or in person mm-hmm. or live through a stream um 
where what's the politics of that are you guys indifferent do you care do you is it important that is more better from a streaming thing you know mm-hmm. eventually do you anticipate they're going to be fighting for the finals rights just the way cbs and abc and fox are fighting for yeah. the super bowl like yeah. how's the economics of that looking for i you mean guys? big big picture uh you know i, I always like laugh and say I, I let the league kind of sort that stuff out especially yeah. with the meteorite partners and everything it's pretty amazing like i, I was actually just reading an article uh, billy billy in china just signed uh the league of legends um uh, meteorite deal for $120 million or whatever. So clearly they're in the space. Twitch obviously signed the first two years of Overwatch League for $90 million. Like the money's coming in. I, I kind of let the smarter people deal with that. What I'm focusing on and what I personally think is is what's going to bring esports um, e- even more uh, kind of to break that reputational perception if if people still have that. It's going to be the the actual, the butts and seats. It's going to be people that come out to our live home stands and home series in Vancouver and, and uh, Seattle and experience just how how much passion and, and entertaining an esports game is. I uh, we, we, were, we were talking earlier about games like Destiny and um, mm-hmm. and a lot of these. Do you think it's coincidental? We've got, actually we've got a writing program here at VFS, writing for film and television. Okay. And at, last year we added and games. Yeah. Okay. So right. that is a, a very specific. Mm-hmm new uh, uh, segment and stream within that program for games, writing yeah. for games. Is it surprise if I look at Overwatch, uh, Call of Duty for sure, mm. uh, Halo, of course, a lot of very rich backstories, oh, yeah. the lore, the yeah. characters, Call the identity. specifically, too. Yeah, the, yeah. The, even the weapons yeah. and choice of armor mm. have folklore and, yeah. uh, to them. There, there's an identity. Do you think... Is that coincidental, or do you think it's essential for? Does it have anything to do with where the the interest in that particular esport title yeah. comes from? I I think, and this is just me, my yeah yeah. I'm hat, curious. I, I think Call of Duty is 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 a very in a unique space right now because the one thing it has on its side, and it's a massive but uh, positive, is it's almost a I like to call it a, a cultural or cultural phenomenon. I, I don't I yeah. don't consider it a video game. It's in its sixteenth year. Like I remember. I, I remember skipping school and playing Call of Duty. Like I remember playing yeah. World War II. I remember. I even, think Dylan skipped work this. Yeah, this yeah. Like, <laughs> I know what you were if, doing. If, if he was playing Modern Warfare, I, I, yeah. it's excusable. Yeah. But when you look at the, the even the sheer numbers, I mean, uh, even even the break in into mobile games now. So when Call of Duty first rolled out in its first week, it surpassed over 100 million downloads. It was it was the most. I love this. I it's love crazy. this fact. It was the number one downloaded app in over 140 countries. Then you look at when it, when in October 25th when the when the game actually rolled out. It had over 600 million sold in in three days, I think it was, or something like that. Yeah. So, did so you, you you played modern. Did you p- pick up the new one this uh, uh, on on mobile? Yeah. Did you go yeah. on? Uh, oh, on mobile you did. On mobile, yeah. Um, I got it on for, for PS4. This yeah. like the single player though is mm-hmm. often extraordinarily care, uh, story driven. Yeah. Um, the multiplayer uh, obviously like I'm trying to figure if I have to do the single player and I like it mm-hmm. because I get smoked. If I go into the if I go into the multiplayer, yeah, I mean it's just it's game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fox is chirping you on the headset. My kid, my kid is actually really good. Sometimes I talk and he plays. Okay, because when people hear his like little eleven year old voice, they kick him off. Yeah. So or they say awful things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, keep it going, guys. Whatever. My kid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Let's go. Yeah. But I think I wonder if 
Will the story be irrelevant? Like, how, I, I, I'm to, to your point, the fanatics show up to some of the games, and mm-hmm. I've seen photos, and some of them are really decked out as the characters. Yep. Um, the you cosplay know, aspect of it. The cosplay yeah. aspect yeah. of it, and there really is a almost Comic Con element tie into it. Absolutely. Do you see? Are you guys embracing that the way the NFL has embraced the tailgate party? A hundred percent. Is and, that a good analogy? Uh, absolutely, and that's it's, it's actually a great great transition actually into my into my uh, my pitch for the homestand. Uh, but in, for at uh, our Vancouver Titans homestands for. For, for example, at Rogers Arena, yeah. that's going to be full of activation. So we're, it's going to be open well before the, the matches start. It's going to have that festival um, atmosphere and uh, just, you know, even with the music elements and, uh, and even kind of a, an expo element as well. And that's what's so unique. Good to go back to the, what we were discussing about. It's finally letting gamers that used to have to have kind of no hangout space, if you will, and yeah. e- even kind of eSport lounges are you know pretty small. I mean, you're going to be at Rogers Arena. Like You can't ask for a, for a bigger space to, to come meet people in your community and have fun. So we're absolutely Absolutely, um, you're going to utilize it, and and not only not only um, take the narrative that obviously the NFL uses for as you know a tailgate yeah, yeah. party, but I think just with with how passionate and how um, I, I hate to say younger, but just how passionate and and first time ever experience this is going to be for a lot of people. I think it's actually going to one up a. a, a quote-unquote tailgate party. Uh, I was reading a couple, uh, n- not even a year ago, and this comes up every year in the, in the mm. Canadian Football League, right around Grey Cup time, the commissioner will come out and the commissioner will make an assessment of the state of the league, mm. and they'll talk about it. And, and, and on any given year, they're looking at a couple things to improve the quality of the gameplay. They're yeah. looking at things that are going to drive fans, um, you know, make it more appealing to advertisers, all those sorts of things. And invariably, there's often this uh, conversation about should Canadian football try to mirror more like American football? What mm-hmm. elements should they or, or what should they keep distinct? And there's a really interesting conversation and the press gets really involved and it's obviously in consultation with the owners and, and the individual teams. Yeah. When you've got a game like Overwatch and map design and map layout mm-hmm. is everything, does um, does does Activision stay out of, the, you know, are they really separate and agnostic from a league like this or mm-hmm. is it essential for them to be, I guess what I'm trying to say is in consultation with uh, the teams and the owners to talk about what makes for more exciting gameplay. Like they could make a creative decision in a game yeah. that could ha- that could make it more challenging for a player, but yeah. not necessarily interesting for the audience. For the audience, yeah. And I personally, and this is just not only like on a league a league to franchise base, we have great, you yeah. know, we're very collaborative, great lines of communica- communication, but where Activision Blizzard, and, and I'll speak for even the Vancouver Titans, and I'm sure for the other franchisees, sure. we just want the best game for our fans. And I think that's, I think when you right. have that kind of that um, that like mind, you're going to roll out literally the best uh, product for your fans, which will in fact be the best product for us as well. Um, when when you find um, it's not unusual, I think Destiny's a great example, and you have to tell me if it follows similar in, in Overwatch as I, I I only play through my son, and like yeah. I said, I get spanked <laughs> yeah. when I play him. Um, but often the meta of the game, mm-hmm. which so often you will see at the pro level, yeah. um, it, it really uh, you know you know reveals itself in, mm-hmm. in particular in weapon selection and play style. Um, uh, they will often nerf the the meta yeah. to try to create balance. Yeah. We don't have that in pro sports. That's no. a unique thing. Absolutely. And that really, uh, do the fans understand that you know what could be happening at the start of the season mm-hmm. could be fundamentally thrown upside down if you go to nerf or buff yeah. a particular loadout yeah. that has an implication when, for a certain type of map. And they locked in two 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 and everything like that. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, and and how do you feel about that as a team? Uh, like, is that a good it's, or a bad thing? I mean, it's tough. Like we're like like any other team that that's like you changing know, when, of, of stage football four. size halfway through the exactly. season. Exactly. Or or the the NHL rink now is. 
40 feet or whatever. Totally. Abs- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it co- it comes, it definitely comes with its price. I mean, you even saw our record kind of a, um, had a little bit of a tough go there in stage four. Yeah. But that's what I think is, is such a unique thing about the Overwatch. League, totally. Where we, we are, we have that instant, um, um, changes or even, even, um, rollouts that can really keep the game up to date and, and we can really take what the you know advisory panels or what our fans are saying and implement it right away and our players are so good and this is a scary thing our players are so good that they adapt and one thing that i love in, in the coaching part of it and, and to talk about the strategy part of it again like i'll always laugh well not laugh i wasn't laughing then i was almost in tears but when we were uh when i realized that you know we were going to lose to the shock in in the grand finals i realized sinatra the mvp the best player wasn't even playing and they had to adapt to, to the strategy of that map and the meta and everything sure, like that. Sure. Where, where literally, I was in the backstage when they won. Sinatra ran right by me. I'm like, that's their. That would be like Sidney Crosby not yeah, getting, getting I mean, healthy scratch. That's a different you way know? you play when LeBron's the, on the bench. No, ab- ab- absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so it's it's very unique that way. And I think any fan of a sport, again, or even just strategy. I respect that. I really respect that. And I think I think a lot of the players in the franchise do uh, do as well. I think it's done a lot for game design mm-hmm. in terms of really uh, helping under, under helping a whole generation of, of future industry professionals who want to build yeah. and design video games. Level design. Yeah. Uh, you know, map design. Map design, yeah. Is everything. And there's a real I've, there's many blogs out there if you mm-hmm. google them now. Uh, you can even see stuff on whether you're on ArtStation or DeviantArt. Some incredible work happening on the on the digital design and the art side of people uh, just imagining a map mm-hmm. for the purpose yeah. of wouldn't it be cool to watch this game? And yeah. I'm going, this is there's nothing like this. I mean, no. we don't get to reimagine. At yeah. Most I could imagine a, a beautiful stadium I'd like to sit in a game and yeah. watch. Yeah. But that's pretty much what's that's in it. Dallas. Dallas is it, insane. It, 18D, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. But to imagine the ability to to uh, influence or to by just by playing and the popularity of a map, see that mm-hmm. there, and you f- you're so familiar. It's like golf, I guess. I've, if you've ever played Spyglass or whatever, one, yeah. you know how it rolls on the seventh green, yep. and you know when you're watching this that it's going to just be that he's going to tuck up out of that corner, and if you don't if you don't have someone covering that alley, you you know you're done. Yeah. What yeah. a cool thing. And, and I was just going to say, too, and like not to get like too like corny here, but that's what's so crazy about esports that I found over, you know, my, my short time in it so far. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's like a mix of entertainment, professional sport, and artistry. Like, it it's it's pretty amazing that way. When you when you throw all those things into a stew and roll it out, I mean, that that's it, it's pretty amazing. And that's where something where, at the end of the day, it's going to be 100 yards is a football field. You know, an 80 by 20 is an ice rink. And that's something that's very different. I think a lot of people in the younger generation really identify with where it's it's pretty amazing to, to throw those three things in and, and to roll out the product like a, a game like Overwatch. Or, I think you're absolutely right. And, and Tim, what's really interesting, too, is now you're also seeing um, the integration through performance capture, mm-hmm. for example, the movement and the motion in particular games like Overwatch and Halo and Call of Duty, things like this, where this very human motion is essential uh, to the yeah. to the viewer experience, to the audience experience, and the player experience. Mm-hmm. You're seeing real athletes and real actors now getting into the picture. Uh, yeah. our, our performance uh, capture studio, I'm a little plug for them downstairs. Yeah. Uh, uh, our, our, their, their president and CEO is actually going to be on the show soon. Um, they did Gears of War 5 
down there. We had Eric Jacobus was in, who is eight of the 12 main players in Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, so cool. um, yeah. And yeah. you're seeing now like big yep. name athletes. A lot of athletes, even at the Madden, at the NBA 2K, All NHL level, yep. are doing often their own stuff. Yeah. And now you're getting some big names that are going to be stepping in. I won't spoil some of the ones that I was reading about for Overwatch because mm -hmm. I'm not sure if there, we can say any of them yet. But yeah. there's some big names that are trying to take on some of those new parts. Absolutely. That is killer. Yeah. yeah. And again, and global, I hate to bring it say again, yeah. but global yeah. uh, superstars. You yeah, know? yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Asian influence can't be denied. Yeah. I think they were the early adopters yeah. at it for, for, from Abs day absolutely. one. They knew that absolutely. this was going to go big. Yeah. Um, what can somebody expect if it's their first time, why should why should someone give esports a try? What's the experience going to be like at their first? Uh, what do you call it? A home a home, a home stand a home stand event, yeah. whether it's here in Vancouver or in their in their market. And we'll put a link to the league so they can check their city. Yep, I think first and foremost, what I'm excited for, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes is is each home stand really reflecting the city it's in. So Dallas being a very Dallas, pulling on on what makes Dallas so special. Atlanta, same thing. L A. Paris, Seoul, uh, and wow. then and then obviously the the, the <laughs> save the last for the best, but uh, in Vancouver, and that's what I'm excited about is when we roll out the carpet at, at Rogers Arena. You know, I, I've harped on it about the 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 festival like atmosphere, the 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 range of if this is your first esport event ever, if you're kind of van curious, if you will, or if you are, you know, you're, you're showing up in a in a nine foot Reinhardt suit. You know what I mean? Like you're you're gonna have an absolute blast, and you're gonna feel that passion and that love for the city and love for the sport. Um, I think we're I think it's very something to be said as well that I mean this is you're at a professional stage from from day one for the Titans as well the Vancouver Canuck plays or the Vancouver Canuck plays at Rogers Arena the gold medal was won at Rogers Arena and the first Vancouver Titans hand or stand so is at Rogers rad. Arena you know so and and what I and to go back to storytelling what I can't wait is is the awareness that we're rolling out you know probably in the next month here or so about who our team is what their players are what their personal stories are what the team story was last year and I would love to see you know a kid like Fox like come in and be like oh wow you know that's that's hacksaw like you know like right? yeah. And, yeah and starting that that kind of that that relationship between your 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 idol or your hero that's what i'm most likely or looking forward to um but it's going to be a great time it's going to it's going to any any concert feel anything like that I, or any professional sport i guarantee you when you come and the and the passion and what we have in store uh entertainment wise it's, it's going to be a slap in the face well you right. guys are doing it right yeah. uh tim holloway director of esports with aquiline entertainment um will you come back and do the show halfway through the season i want to check in with you guys and how it's going absolutely um, i want to hear more about the players this yep. is a really exciting season i think we're you know we're an international podcast 50 percent of our of our base comes from all over the world mm -hmm. at, here at vfs but we are diehard titans yeah and I, I, I'm, I'm an la guy for just about everything but yeah. for you guys i'm yeah. gonna i will support titans Next. especially on home games absolutely there um, we go there we go will you come back and do the show and, and and we can get into a little more uh more about the players there's so much we want to do but i want to thank you for coming in today yeah uh, i'm going to put a link below where people can get details the season kicks off when uh so the season starts in february uh, our first game is in, in dallas which which is great and then we actually hit the road and do our, our asian uh uh road swing which uh, which is pretty uh, gonna be a grind but it's gonna be it's gonna be great and then our first vancouver homestand is uh, may 16th and 17th at roger arena uh thanks for coming to the show tim holloway director of esports with aquiline entertainment the vancouver titans they are coming and if you want to get into call of duty i'll put that information too the new league begins uh as well this is the inaugural season. uh yeah call of duty league starts uh january 24th in minnesota so all 12 teams there it's going to be it's going to be a real big show and the team to support is the seattle yeah, seattle surge surge yeah uh thanks for coming on the show my awesome. man awesome thanks christopher appreciate it anytime take care